Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. Church after COVID-19. How the church will change by 2025. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. This is, according to Apple, this is like episode 253. I think they're way off. I think we've got like 500 episodes, but we won't get into that. We've been doing this for a long time. And with me today is Michael Gray, as well as Steve Lacey. How are you guys doing? Great. It's great. All right. Good deal. So uh, as we said at the opening here, uh, we're going to look at uh, what you might call some predictions on how the church change by 2025, which is less than five years away from now. And of course, uh, this is written by Paul Maxwell, who's uh, some big shot with Tidely. I don't know what his official title is, but uh, uh, I, we, we looked at this article and we thought, you know, this is kind of interesting. We should talk about this because if you're involved in in ministry and subcapacity as a volunteer, a leader, a pastor, executive pastor, tech person, this is something that really it should catch your eye, should catch your ear. You might want to look at this a little bit and, and explore this with, with, with us a little bit here. Uh, COVID-19 changed the way we do church. And uh, many are predicting that it's permanently changing the way we do church. And I would agree, uh, at least uh, to some degree in that. So we're going to look over some things today with Michael and Steve. Uh, Here's some very quick bullet points, and then we're going to jump into this here. Uh, Church management software will become the new base of operations for church leaders. Digital giving will account for 80% or more of church giving. Uh, another prediction is that all church technology companies will uh, offer a sign, a single sign-in solution for multiple technologies. We'll dig into that a little bit here. Another point is membership engagement will be mobile first. Interesting. Another one is a spiritual health uh, analytics dashboard for every Christian is is something that will be prevalent. And then there's going to be an exodus from social media in its current form. That's an interesting prediction. And then online church will grow. That's a no-brainer. So guys, let's jump into this a little bit here and let's get your thoughts on this. So the first point that Paul is talking about here is church management software will become the new base of operations for church leaders. Uh, let's let's discuss that for a moment or so. Uh, to me, that's, not a, that's kind of a no-brainer, but let's talk a little more about it. Well, first off, before we get too far along, I, I, I think he says by 2025. Yes. Maybe I'm getting old, but that's there's no way this is all going to happen by 2025. The timeline <laughs> is way too short. I mean, these things can start yeah. and they will start to happen, but I'm not, you know. You don't think so? The, oh, no. You, don't, no. you don't think in four years this stuff is going to be happening? I would. Oh, I, would. I, I think it will start happening, but I don't think that the, you know, some of these things are not going to be completely you know, an exodus from social media, you know, people are going to go, oh, man, you're so old school, you're on Facebook. I do not see that happening in four years. That's, so, that's already starting to happen. Uh, it is, but I I, right. I I agree that it, we're not going to be 
that this is five to 10 years. So, you know, where we're going to, the trend is definitely going to move in these directions, but I'm thinking change just doesn't happen that fast. People don't change that, that fast. I would say this kind of in an opposite direction of that, Steve. I think this is more serious than this is going to happen. I think a few of these, if you don't do them in the next couple of years, you won't be an open church anymore. You'll be closed. Right. Uh, if, if you're, if, you know, if number two, and if you don't know who's going to your church and you're not staying connected with them through databases and church management software and some of these things, COVID has forced churches to do things that they didn't want to do. They didn't want to change. They didn't want to. So now it's forced. Right. COVID has definitely accelerated everyone. Absolutely. So I just, well, and again, is, maybe I'm just old. I mean, survive if they five don't years, do some of these. Yeah. Five years is, is not a long time. So just, uh, uh, well, I mean, we look back. More. Yeah, whatever. We, I mean, that's not the point of this thing. That was just it, kind of my. It, let's get off track here and argue about it's when it's going right, to happen. Yeah, we, we have some strong. We have some strong feelings about it. So it's obviously this is a good list to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is. And and again, you know, I think what I read when I when I read these notes here and as we're talking about this, to me, you know, one of the most important things that we're learning during this COVID nineteen, uh, especially with people doing online stuff, is not so much attendance but engagement. And a lot of this stuff points to engagement, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. uh, I think in some ways, some churches weren't really maybe moving in that direction before COVID-19. It was all about who's showing up. But anyhow, all right, so church management software will become the new base of operations. So wh what does that actually mean? So I think that means, and, and one of the reasons I'm really passionate about this, because I've been pushing these things for 20 years, right? <laughs> so, and... and Almost 20 years. Well, yeah, about 20 years. So things yeah. about making, you know, integrate your CMS, your church management system with your membership and, and the, the daily blood of what happens in the church. I think it's going to become more and more important. I know I work with, I worked with some churches that, that don't have a church management system. I'm like, just baffled. I'm like, how do you operate you know that's got to be the core of all communication tracking growth measurements all that stuff has got to happen in your church management software I, I think if you have the basic premise that a church is in place to help some people grow i'm assuming that for most churches that's a foundational belief we're here to help people grow into what and into where that may vary a lot but if you if you expect people to grow if you hope for people to grow if you plan for people to grow how do you know that you know attender y has grown any if you don't have a church management system that said hey he went to uh this class and and then then he stepped up and did this and then he did this uh is he serving yeah. and is what's he his next involved? step and what's right. his next step? How do we right. help him if we don't even know? Right. Like, well, exactly. Let me give an, a, an explanation as to why you've had frustration over the years, Steve. I, I went to, you know, theology school and all that, and they never taught us that here. They, they never taught us about church management systems or, or really Same tracking. For me. 
And, same and for yeah, me. Same for Michael. And and I think, you know, you have kind of a, a little bit of a business background and, you know, Raytheon and, and working a lot of that background that you guys had to do that stuff. But, but, uh, and, and you worked with a guy, uh, a senior pastor who, who was always interested in business stuff too. I mean, he had, you know, he went to theology school and stuff too. And Jeff, Jeff was always interested in business stuff. So I think it was a good, a good mesh with you and Jeff and, and putting together myflock.com and, you know, later streaming church.tv. So I, I think, you know, a lot of pastors didn't have that background or didn't have that interest. And so that's why they were slow to getting on the, the tracking thing and the church management stuff. So I think it's, it's, it's continuing to grow and catch on. And I think that uh, certainly it should be the new base. It should be in a new base now, but I think by 2025, my prediction is that that's that's probably a pretty accurate prediction. All right. Well, it really points back to our podcast from last week when we had Johnny Wyatt on, and yeah. he talked about um, uh, not doing anything that you value that you don't measure, because if you don't measure it, you don't know if you're improving or getting worse. Right. Yeah. So that was a concept that that I never learned you know, back in 1982, you know what I mean? It, it just, it, it, I never learned that. So, but, but I, I, I agree and I get it. Okay. So, all right. So let's get, should we move on here? Otherwise we'll be sure. all day on this. No, no, this is fun. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Jokes F- later FYI, on. Just so you know. Yeah. So yeah. Steve actually w- was the good guy here. All right. So, uh, so let's move on to point number two, which I, I, I think we can agree on. Maybe we can't digital giving will account for 80% or more of church giving by the year 2025. Uh, I personally agree with that. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that now. doing it right, it's true right now today. It's true for but my there church are right few now. Churches, there are a few churches that are doing it right. And it's very simple. It's one thing. Make it easy for me to give. Uh, I, I had cycles throughout different churches. I wanted to be faithful. I wanted to be give to give, but it was inconvenient. It, it was hard. It was difficult. There was no text to give. There was no giving online. There was no button that encouraged me. Oh, don't forget, you know, your tithes and offerings. So make it easy for people who want to be faithful and want to support your ministry instead of like I see so often, it just, it baffles me. I see streaming platforms for churches and website and there's no giving link. I mean, <laughs> the simplest thing ever, a button that says, give here, <laughs> ties and offerings, whatever that is for your church. It, it, I, I'm just dumbfounded that we live in this modern era and we're not making it easier for people who want to do something. They want to support your ministry and we're making it hard. Yeah, I found some stats while we're, we're talking here. Awesome. So 60th is according to the nonprofit source.com online giving statistics, churches and religious charitable giving stats. It basically 60% are willing to give their church digitally. This is for today. Tithers make up only 10 to 25% of a normal congregation and churches that accept tithing online increase overall donations by 32%. Wow. Wow, that is that's yeah. that's a big deal. 
Yeah, I've I've seen that true in my own case. By the way, sorry for the buzz, guys. We're we're in Tucson, Arizona here, and we've, we're on a record of like the hottest days of the year here. Yeah. So my air conditioning's buzzing here, and I apologize. All right. So I think we can agree that digital giving will account for eighty percent or more. I mean, we're we're seeing that during the COVID thing with my own church, and uh, you know, we're we're glad that we have it. Uh, why don't we move on here? I don't think this mm-hmm. is such a controversial yeah. one. Here's a, here's a point that we were talking about before the podcast. Uh, all church technology companies will offer a single sign-in solution for multiple technologies. And, and Michael, I thought you had a pretty good way to summarize that. There's lots of companies yeah. buying up other companies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right now, um, a lot of companies are saying... I want to be a one-stop shop. I want to be one place that provides every online tool for a church. And it's very easy to do that if you absorb another company or merge with another company versus having to develop it from the ground up. Like like uh, like we did, yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's happening. That's definitely happening. And so you'll see more and more of these mergers and people buying other companies out. And, and uh, so, yeah. And right. this is... This is a, I mean, this is a, a technology from a technology standpoint. It's actually called SSO, single sign-on. It's been around for a, a while, and it's going to, I think, it's going to grow as well. We saw some, some growth in that recently in the past decade or so, and I think it's going to go even further with, with all the technology companies. So you you think we'll be there by twenty twenty five, Steve? Uh, what does this say? Oh, we'll offer. Yeah. Five years? That's probably not, yeah. Okay. It's not hard right. to implement either. So, And it doesn't require a behavioral change from people. It just makes life easier. So, yeah, that's a that's one that, yeah, I think can be done probably even sooner than that. There's companies that are doing it now. So, All right. Let's move on to the fourth point by Paul Maxwell here. Membership engagement will be mobile first it will be mobile first so let's talk a little bit about membership engagement and what he means by this one of, one of the things that he brings up here which i thought was a good point and i think you could see this is you know the wearable technology that uh, a lot of these companies have now like apple for instance uh it really doubled the percentage of apple's quarterly revenue and wearable technology uh, that syncs with you know your mobile device uh, that's the next phase, according to a lot of these experts here, of, of mobile mobile technology here. So, the more the more that this wearable technology grows, and I mean, you you have something, right? Both you guys have, have, don't you? Both have Fitbits or something goofy like that. We have watches. I have a watch. Yeah, so, yeah. Apple Watch. And, yeah, and it's okay. Yeah. Well, I have a watch too, but it's not. Technology. We're talking something that syncs with your mobile, yes, right? Yes, it's a smartwatch. Okay, it's yes. a smartwatch, Michael. Yeah. Well, when I read this one, I get it a little bit. I get a little bit different. I, I tell people this all the time because I I'm into analytics for websites and analytics. This this ship has already sailed. Uh, your users are already using technology. Churches are just ten years behind. I mean that that. The mobile use for a streaming website surpassed 50% five plus years ago. You're in the 60, 65% of people who are streaming from a phone or a tablet. 
we got to play catch up here. This is this is a sprint to catch up to what users are already doing, which is using their mobile device for everything. It's a phone, it, it's a fitness tracker, it's a it's a everything in my life, including this is how I watch church and how I engage with people online. Right, I exactly. was uh, I was really tired the other day, and I looked at uh, I looked at my fit my Fitbit, and it said you have taken nine steps today. <laughs> I was really tired. I took nine steps. Okay, so uh, so what they're getting at here is that all these things, small groups cur- curriculum, notes, digital giving, event registrations, uh, church communications, it's all going to be routed through the mobile app, right? I mean, that's the idea there, yeah. right? Or and, mobile and, phone or mobile website or just mobile, period. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff here. Uh Okay, so we feel like we're already there, or at least getting there. So 2025, probably so. Yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down? Oh, I think so. That's yeah. I think good. if you're going to survive, you're going to have to. Uh, yeah. It's another one that it's, it's a little bit do or die, because I, I met with a church this week, and I met with their tech team and a pastor, and uh, uh, they wanted uh, some help on tech tips and, and some tools, and uh, so they streamed for the month that they couldn't meet. And they're in a location now that they can meet. But they're finding that only half of the people came back. So I said, so you continued to stream, didn't you? And it was like, no. and they said, no. And I went, well, why did you stop streaming? The other half is still sitting at home waiting for you to, to send them the signal for church. Um, whatever their reason for not coming back in right now, it doesn't matter. You, you, you've got to continue to engage in digital mobile uh, activity and make it easy for people to communicate with you and engage with you and be engaging yourself. Right. So along these lines, I think with this mobile engagement, I think there's going to be another trend as well within this environment. Right now, the mobile apps are all, um, they're a lot like mobile websites where they're information-based. You know, I can watch the stream. I can, you know, look at this church's newsletter. I can do, I think what's going to happen is they're going to become much more membership-centric where if I want to get something useful out of it, I can log in to my mobile app. So I get stuff relative to me within that environment and I can participate as, you know, through my login as well. I think there's going to be much more member centric engagement going on within the mobile apps. So that's kind of along the same lines of the point he's making here. Just kind of. Yeah, I think that's true. So moving along with technology here, fifth point is a spiritual health analytics dashboard. Somebody's knocking on the door. A spiritual health analytics dashboard for every Christian. So again, what Paul says here is in Apple's latest profit and loss statement, uh, it showed that wearable technology took an enormous increase uh, in its share in Apple's overall revenue. And so, and and he goes on to say, we're kind of at the beginning of this mobile technology. And his prediction is by 2025, we will be, uh, in the adolescence of wearable, let me repeat that, wearable 
technology. So including AR glasses that sync with your mobile and other devices. So in other words, uh, you're going to be able to uh, do your Bible study wearing your glasses, I guess is what he's saying here. Uh, <laughs> you can yeah. listen to technology and track when or whether you have prayed. Uh, you've got some screen time analytics. Uh, comment on that a little bit, guys. So, what do you think? So I see this. I mean, the big thing that for a lot of people is, did you close your rings today? And so there's yeah. this analytics dashboard that you have available to you right now it's from a physical standpoint and then there's also you know nutrition wise i think there's what this is talking about is having a spiritual health analytics dashboard which is you know kind of one of the things that was uh forefront with the app that we created uh what five six seven years ago um that really didn't take off i think it was way before its time but i think you're gonna start to see you know it's kind of tied into did I read my Bible today? Am I am I part of this? What's my daily you know regimen for whatever the spiritual activity is? Um, did I you know pray for people on the prayer board that sort of thing? I think we're going to start to see more of a spiritual scoreboard that and and you know my wife at the end of the day she'll get up and say oh my gosh I got ninety eight steps I need to finish in order to close my ring and she'll get out of bed and walk around the bedroom for you know five minutes before she goes to bed. I think we're going to see, you know, similar things like that. Oh my gosh, I forgot you to see a lot for... of people doing this. Yeah. Walking yeah. around, waving their watch, waving yeah. their watch. Oh wait, I got 30 more seconds and I'll have my move. move right. ring closed. Yeah. And I think we're going to see that from a spiritual standpoint. We say, yeah, I want to, I want to grow daily. I've got a regimen that, that I need to adhere to. I've got to do my daily devotions. I got to, you know, whatever it may be. And I think, you're going to start to see more of that spiritual health analytics dashboard that says, Ooh, didn't do your devotion for the day. You're getting in bed. You need to you know, do your devotion. So anyway, I have a, go ahead, Michael. Well, I think it ties back to number one. If you have a healthy, robust, um, uh, system that you're using to connect and follow up with people and help people take a next step, if that's married to a system then that says, hey, uh, uh, for me to be my best, I need to spend X amount of time reading the Bible. I need X amount of time in prayer. And it's not just a, it's not just being uh, regimented per se, but it just helps you remember, oh yeah, these are things that make me my best when it comes to following Jesus. So, why wouldn't technology follow those? Why wouldn't you close your circles of okay. faith uh, just like you close your circles right. of food and health? Yeah. And there'll be a unique, just like everyone's circles don't close. You know, some people have to do 10,000 steps and other people have set it at 5,000. So it's, it's depending on where you're at. We're right. going to be able to tailor and kind of measuring where people are out and where the next steps are. You can set together programs that say, hey, you want to make it to the next step, you got to up your step count to, you know, whatever it may be. I see that happening on a spiritual sense to moving people along sure. this continuum. So it's I have a an custom. Ask, uh, go ahead. No, I was just, just finishing. Custom it's just going to be a custom plan for everyone with yeah. a dashboard on how you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have an app on my phone that I use uh, for, uh, I, I do a time of uh, prayer and meditation every morning. I have an app that I use and it, 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 it counts. It, it gives me a streak, uh, you know, my streak on how many times I've done this, which is up to like 498. And, and it also gives me an ability to record how I'm feeling and record notes. And I, and I use it every day. And, and, and I actually kind of like the streak thing uh, because I, I don't want to break the streak. Right. So if I get <laughs> yeah. up a little late. I want to make sure I want to get this in. I want to get this in, which may or may not be the best motivation, but it does keep me in a habit of doing it. I get up really early. And so, uh, so that's, it's, it's, it's a, there's a, there are common meditation apps out there and I happen to have one of them. All right. So let's, we're running out of time here. Let's, let's move on to the most controversial one here. According to Steve Lacey, there's going to be an exodus from social media in its current form. Now notice he says current form. So we're not saying Steve, that everybody's going to jump off Facebook and Instagram, but he says current form. So, He's saying that these are going to be out, out, uh, uh, outdated forms of public content. People are going to look for more private, interactive digital communities. Uh, that's going to be the deal, which kind of ties into membership. Uh, your defense on this uh, point, Steve? Oh, I agree. I think it's going to go. Um, it, it, it's going to get more narrow and more. Uh, refined for everyone it's going to be smaller communities more intimate communities and that sort of thing by 2025 i i think the it's going to start moving that way whether when we're going to i don't think in 2025 we're we're going to be harassing people for using you know you know oh my grandmother still uses facebook i think you know i don't think it's going to be i don't think we're going to completely arrive in five years and again this is just based on you know i mean Maybe my timing is not um, the best, but a lot of I'm very passionate about a lot of these things and I'm pushing them for five, six years, you know, and with very with not a lot of success. It just kind of moves the you got to move the culture along. And so the culture has got to catch up to it. So so I, I think. No, I think I think you're right. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, I just had a thought. Go for it. Well, I just think I think so. TikTok is an example of something new that came on hard and fast uh, that I don't know how long it's been around, but it's really exploded of late. I think if there are some other platforms that allow for human connection and relation, um, and especially now because people are very, a lot of people, we won't say all people, a lot of people are very, very upset that they're being censored by these platforms. So there's a lot of censoring going on right now. Um, and people just saying what they think is a normal opinion thing and being told, uh, okay, your account shut down for three days because that's against our community standards. So free speech is, we'll see, we'll see. If people care enough about their free speech to abandon a platform and go somewhere else. I don't know if that's true. I know there are platforms popping up because of it. Uh, there, there's one out there right now that's called the Free Speech Network. Um, will it take off? I or don't is that, know. Right now, it's just people from one side that are getting censored that are bailing and going over there. 
Well, Par- Parler's the one that they're pushing yeah. over Twitter. Is that the same one you're talking about? Yeah, that, that's Parler's what, what I was referring to there. But, oh, okay. but right now, Twitter is being very censoring of anyone who is of one particular uh, persuasion of political thought. Um, and so is Facebook. Very. I saw some. I saw some censoring from Facebook yesterday. It literally made me laugh out loud because I was like, "How? What? What? Why would you censor that? I don't even. I don't even understand. It, it was nothing offensive or nothing off-putting from anyone anywhere. Uh, so it's really bizarre right now, the times we live in. That if someone came along with a good platform. Uh, that was really great for everyone. And I personally signed up in 2008. I looked at it yesterday. I signed up for Twitter in 2008. And my number one reason for signing up for Twitter was because I felt the freedom to express anything I wanted to there. And I could bypass news agencies and find out from boots on the ground what was happening live anywhere in the world. So it was this unfiltered free speech tool that I celebrated and I was so excited about it. And now I like, I don't trust them at all to not (laughs) censor literally what is happening on the ground now. They're blocking content so that I can't see it so that I'm not influenced by what's really happening in the world. Well, that that completely destroys my whole reason for signing up for Twitter. Uh, Whatever opinion it is, if it's me being filtered today, it's somebody else that's going to be filtered tomorrow, and then it'll be your turn or somebody else's turn, and it's like, well, then that's not free. That's somebody's deciding what I should know and what I should see and what I should hear, which defeats the whole thing in the first place. Yeah. I think there's going to be shifts. What is it about? Uh, yeah, maybe I've got my, my things wrong, but anyway. I was talking about you, you uh, it's something along the lines of what you think you can do in a year you never can do, but what you can get done in five years is amazing or something along those lines. Anyway, five <laughs> years in my, in my time frame, five years is a pretty short horizon. Is. Yeah, you're right. I think there's going to be forces driving towards this. I think all of these are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, just, we just may not have arrived and, you know, there's, you know, any surviving church out there there's going to be some that aren't haven't embraced all of these so. yeah well that's always the case the, the last point guys we're out of town the last point is i think something we all can agree to especially since we're a streaming company online church will grow <laughs> i think that that's a no-brainer right i mean yep that ship I, sailed yeah <laughs> at easter that's, that's a seventh <laughs> prediction yeah, for 2025 and, online church and, will grow yeah covid definitely accelerated it yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. He wrote this in April. So yep. COVID was going, uh, but we didn't know exactly how long it was going to go or how deep we were getting into it. So so my, my thanks to Paul Maxwell uh, yeah. who put this together. Uh, and if you have any questions about this or you have some thoughts you want to share with us, maybe opinions on what we thought about this or, or you know, whatever, just send us an email. Support at streamingchurch.tv. And we'd be we'd love to help you any way we can. Uh, we are a company that helps that loves to help churches use technology, and a lot of these things that we talked about, we have these already. And if we can help you, if anything, we certainly would be pleased to answer any questions. So, all right, guys, we're out of time. Thank you for your input today. This was fun. 
it's great. Yeah, yeah it's good. Right. Good list. All right. So for Michael Gray and Steve Lacey, I'm Phil Thompson. Take care of yourselves. This has been the Church Solutions Podcast. We'll catch you again next time. Be safe.